What's going on, everybody? You have the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Coach. I am the cartel, and we are coaches that discuss cardboard. We are cardboard coaches. Just in case you needed uh, to be reacquainted with that idea, I guess. Um, I see here that you were stro stroking your mustache before, so I don't know if that's what you were coming up with, but... Uh... <laughs> you caught me in, 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 my, in the moment of creation. You caught me. <laughs> Guys... <laughs> Tops 2021 series one officially dropped. And um, I, I don't know like what you're talking about. I feel like a bomb went off. You know, I feel like now I mean, everyone, I, I don't know. Everyone and Can their sisters collecting baseball again. Canada post has prevented me from having an opinion on all of this, but uh, yeah, I heard something. I heard that a set of baseball cards was released. That's I heard it's got uh, some nice stuff in it. See, uh, so I think I, you have a little bit more to say. I think you have actually dug into this product. I have. And, um, this, you know, now, now you know how I feel when I yeah. tried desperately to get my hands on uh, yes. on Upper Deck Series 1 and I to no avail. Still, I got a bunch, got a bunch of megas, but that was it, you know. And at least, like, it's still available. It's just, it, it, uh, it's a shipping issue right now, you know. It's so, so available, in fact, that I'm thinking about buying another box. Well, here's a question, Brendan. Uh, here, would you would you take the trade if I were to offer you one of my hobby boxes? I'm being serious right now, live yeah. on the air. We're going to try to make a deal here. Would you take a box of Series 1 Upper Deck Hockey in exchange for a box of top Series 1 baseball? Ooh. I... You might need to chew on that. For I a wouldn't little. do it. Interesting. I wouldn't do it. And I'll tell you why. And I, I've, I've had this conversation with you off the air. Um, based on what I saw last year, and albeit it was a shortened season where anything's possible. And a lot of the, the rookies that we see in this set were debuting last year under very weird circumstances because, like, everyone's taxi squad was rammed. <laughs> there was no minors. It was all just, like, Bring your best prospects and they're playing this year, regardless, because someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to get injured. And let me tell you, I loved what I saw from a lot of players that are featured in this set. And I'm going to name mm -hmm. drop a few of them. Guys like Ryan Mountcastle, Alec Baum, uh, under, the radar guy, and under the radar guys like um, Spencer Howard, even of the Phillies. Like there are some quality quality names in here now i don't know what these guys are going to become in five ten years but at the very least from what i saw last year and uh, just judging by you know some of the projections and, and where they sit on the depth charts i think they got a decent shot of making an impact at the very least this year which means that like at least for value right now I would take, I want to see my guys play, you know, like, and I feel a lot of the guys in the upper deck series one set aren't going to be playing for a hot minute. Yep. Yeah. You know I mean? and I, if I were in your position, I probably wouldn't take that trade either. Uh, despite the fact that maybe the upper deck series one box might have a bit of a higher retail value. Uh, I think we'll see the price of the baseball box eventually inch up a little bit. It is interesting. It was one of the first situations I've ever seen where the pre-order price actually got itself to a point where they had to correct it upon release. I think you yourself experienced that. Dude, they sent um, me a refund. I was dumbfounded. I was that's like, quite what? telling. That is quite telling of the amount that's out there. Don't get me wrong. Upper Deck Series 1 also pretty much has a high, uh, a high uh, printing, uh, uh, a printing amount. But uh, this top Series 1 baseball, they are really taking it to another level. Uh, 2019 Tops update, I remember, was another ridiculously uh, highly printed release. Look, they're, they're taking advantage of the hype. Um, that being said, it's always so much fun opening uh, top series one, series two, that those base sets. I'm seeing a lot of posts on Instagram where people are getting loaded hobby boxes with multiple. You, you received multiple rookie cards because in the past, you don't, you don't get a whole set in the box. So it's always great if you can hit two of, uh, of the big rookies. I was maybe so. like, I had, an, I had like a, a mental checklist of, I would say like eight guys I wanted. And I got six of them. So yeah, that's great. 
right? I was like, also, I'm seeing a lot of parallels as well, which is kind of like, oh, I, even if the print runs are high in general, I mean, if you get one of those parallels, you pretty much guarantee yourself like a short print of that quality player, which is, is it's positive in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like it was a great ripping experience. Yeah. Does that um, mean that Wander Franco is going to be in series two? Well, yeah, I, I would think that's what it means. And look, th- there is a strategy there. A lot of people were upset about 2020 Tops update. There, there is a strategy. You need something to, to carry the product. Uh, last year, they had a, a loaded Series 1. I think they may have regretted loading it up as much as they did. Series 2 really boiled down a, uh, to a Lubob. And then in the update series, you had repetitions of rookie cards that were already out there, and they, they chose to do that and have that prospect insert set instead of you know putting in cards that they, they could have had a Joe Adele in there. And they held off. There's a strategy there. They want to spread them across the releases. I get that. So I think yeah. Wander will see in, in another uh, another series. So they could, they could actually have, depending on who gets called up, they might have some pretty great uh, releases coming up yeah. uh, for their base product. So that's always good. Um, so, yeah, uh, moving on from that, Brendan. Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't. That's I think that's smarter you not to take that trade, despite the fact that Upper Deck... Uh, some of those young guns are seeing some bumps lately. Uh, Bowen Byram and a few of the other guys there. I'm seeing some pretty decent resale values. Dude, Byram's still, at like 40 bucks, I think, man. Yeah, I'm still very unimpressed by obviously the quality control. That That's a major bummer. I didn't have a lot of fun opening the, the hobby boxes. I did. You're chasing some of those parallels, the, the French parallel. Um, eh, it was you a big. One, you got big, one of them, didn't you? A French parallel? Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to come out one per hobby, but I don't even know if it's that. But, uh, yeah, I gave it a big meh, in my opinion. <laughs> Wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the some of the news. Uh, obviously, social as far as social media goes, Instagram is my platform for a variety of reasons, and uh, mostly because I'm just so pretty. But uh, what I noticed, uh, you know, this past week was a big conversation about pumping and dumping, and yeah. what the nature of pump and dump is what it even means because a lot of people throw terms around these days we've been throwing terms around as a society for the last couple of years like uh like it's going out of style and what what happened was the uh the venerable card porn uh instagram account which is always a great resource for news in the hobby uh, they are a form of a protector of a, in the hobby uh they're they've been on top of the uh beckett fake slab situation and I appreciate all of that. And I generally uh, enjoy and agree with most of their content. This was a little contentious. They accused Darren Rovell of, uh, based on some of his commentary for a sponsored advertisement for eBay, of pumping and dumping. The concept being there is that you own a product, you pump it up, supposedly artificially, right? Because your intention is to obviously gain value from your own inventory. Yeah. And uh, he focused on low-graded slabs, We'll get to that in a second. And game tickets, which has been a growing collectible in the hobby yeah. regardless yeah. for many years. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And uh, it's going to make more sense as we get further and further away from the concept of being able to attend live sporting events. That being said, uh, he acknowledged he has a lot of those. He pumped them up as the next big thing. And he even announced that he was going to be selling some. So I understand why this set off some red lights for card porn and they wanted to report that to the hobby because again, like I mentioned, they kind of see themselves as, you know, protectors of, of the game, which yeah. is always appreciated guys like, like them, people that, that watch for, for scams. Of course it's appreciated, but it, it really opened itself up to an interesting discussion about what pumping and dumping is. And the concept is if we go back to the early episodes of cardboard coaches and we jokingly talked about, the simplicity in a lot of the investing strategies these days. Yeah. I.e., go buy yourself a Michael Jordan rookie card. Dude. You know? Like, now, but like, is, is you giving recommendations for someone that you genuinely like either enjoy or you believe in and that's why you put money into? Aha. Uh-huh. And, and then eventually you get to a point where you're like, okay, like this price is a little bit like I, I'm, I'm well above what I – thought this would be at and like now it's on to you you know what i mean i'm passing it off 
And that's and that's the second relevant point, because the first relevant point is. So when I was when I was jokingly telling people like now you could I could literally be one of those guys that posts our video from that that day, which was I mean, it was months ago. We've, we've been uh, we've been providing the cardboard coaches community for a while now. Yeah. And I could claim that I am a genius and uh, I can show you the percent ROI. And I didn't own any Michael Jordan's. No. OK, now, if I did. Is that pumping and dumping? And then, and then number two, what if I'm just a big Michael Jordan fan? What if I do have a lot of Jordans? Okay, like I've, I, I, I make my, look, if you get on my account, I'm a big fan of Jordan Bennington. He's my favorite modern hockey player right now. You get on my account, you see I'm a big fan of Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay, so Ronald Acuna. So he gets talked out, uh, about a lot because we've got the concept of the big three, Soto, Tatis, Acuna. Yeah. I prefer Acuna. Okay, that's personal. Based yeah. on having watched the gentleman, I went out of my way to see him live when he showed up in Toronto. I am a fan of his. Yeah. So if I'm sitting there telling you, you know, maybe you should buy Acuna. He's awesome. I think he's going to just get better and better. I think he will be a 40-40 guy one of these days. Yeah. Am I pumping and dumping but because of the fact that I own so much of his material? I mean, like, I, that's what I mean. Where's the lawn? Where's the lawn? Where's the line drawn? You know, where like, is lawn, where is the lawn? We live in Toronto. There's no freaking lawns anymore. There's no lawns, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no lawns, but there's plenty, plenty of lines. And, um, and right. The concept is, uh, I think that there were, there, like I said, there were a lot of red flags there. It was a sponsored deal. He was being very specific. At the end of the day, they agreed to compromise and calm it down. <laughs> Ravel said he wouldn't be moving those low slabs until later on. But again, I look, even, even if it is a pump and dump, I always defer to the fact it's the same thing when the government started trying to imply, uh, trying to apply, and I know that they're already doing this, standards for food, for example. Like, yeah. we don't want the kids, we're not going to put... These, you know, again, self-responsibility. We're taking. You got to put in the work to to research, and like, if you want to be a sheep, that's up to you. That is, why is it up to everybody else to prevent you from being an idiot? You know what I I mean? Like, I understand the concept of trying to protect the vulnerable in the sense that the vulnerable are the newbies, people that don't have the experience. But man, I'm just a bigger proponent of self-responsibility and education and making sure you don't fall into uh, a trap. If it's extremely predatory behavior, which I believe some of the, you know, newsletter subscription type of uh, elements may, may, uh, may be a part of, then yeah, that's a problem. But if it's someone on Instagram, regardless, again, obviously with great power comes great responsibility. The more, the more of a following you have, the more relevant it is to be careful about what you're doing there. But what I'm seeing is this. I'm seeing people take note of it. Gary V is being very out there in terms of when he's talking about something, whether it's underrated, overrated, he actually lets you know what he's got in it, what his stake is. I like that. I think a lot of prominent Instagrammers are starting to do that now where they're making it very clear. Look, this is my opinion. Uh, it's based on the fact that I like the guy. It's not based on the fact that I happen to own, you know, a, a dozen of his, of his slabs or anything yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to toss that out there because I found that to be interesting. Maybe you as the viewer can kind of stop and think to yourself, what, what is pump and dump? How does it apply to me? If I'm taking self-responsibility, do I really need to be that concerned about, about these things? It just doesn't make um, I'm like, why is it that I guess my fault? First of all, I'm like, there are going to be winners and losers though. Do you know what I mean? Like in this, in any market, there will be winners and there will be losers. There will be people who overpay for things. There will be people who underpay for things. Yeah, the funny thing is you kind of need each one, right? But I mean, like, I, don't, you can't I don't mean to sound cool. Everyone from, it's, it's like our, our conversation about me and you back, like, to, again, three months, four months ago, we're like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop buying raw cards. You know, like I'm going to like basically stop buying raw cards. Like if I want something to 10, I'm going to buy it as a goddamn 10. Because the amount of times I buy cards that are not perfect with the intention of like grading them or just holding on to them as collectible pieces and praying that they're going to be high grade, it's just not worth it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not up to like, obviously I can look at these pictures and check the descriptions and all these things. But at the end of the day, this person who's selling this item has the intention of moving it for more than, than, you know, than and as much as someone's willing to give them, basically. Do you know what I mean? And it's not up to them to tell me that it's not going to grade a 10. 
You know what I mean? It's really not up to them. And especially when we're, we're throwing in human, human uh, grading into this. And we'll talk about that later because our special guest is uh, dabbling in the AI department when it comes to grading. So that'll be interesting to talk about, but like, it, it's, it's up to your discretion. Do you know what I mean? So yep. how, how can we possibly start? Like, we might as well, there was a, a picture I saw. It was a, I don't know if it was a meme or an actual, actually I lied. I posted a picture from a discord group that I'm in for sports cards. And someone wrote in the discord group looking to buy a Ronaldo prism. Okay. Like a 2014 prism must grade a 10. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, what is that? Like, legit. What does that even mean? Right. What it's happens ridiculous. if it doesn't grade a 10? Yeah. Are you, are you going to, yeah, are you going to uh, look, it's, uh, you know, again, I always defer to let people do their thing and respond to it appropriately. How you feel is appropriate. Right. I personally would not do business with an individual who, oh. who is kind of behaving that way. No. Well, I mean, I don't think they want to do business with me either because if it is a PSA 10, I don't understand why I'm sitting there dealing with you on, uh, on the basis of it being a raw card. Um, now that being said, uh, just one last quick little note, and it 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 it, it is involving grading, and we're going to start talking about grading uh, shortly here in a in a very big way. Um, so Darren Ravel talked about low graded slabs, and this is an interesting concept. It's not it's not a brand new concept. It's already permeated some other hobbies like coins, for example. The concept is if you're a big fan of player A and you want player A's card, uh, let's not say player A, let's, let's, let's use a real example. Let's say you want a Lubov card. And you want it to be a PSA three. How many are out there? So there are not a lot out there for several reasons. Number one, someone's not going to send in a card if they think it's going to attain a PSA three. Yeah. Right. And second of all, they're brand new cards. How bad could it be? I think out of the pack, the worst I could see is like a six or a seven. I mean, so, you'd have to beat that thing up pretty bad. So, so, so that being said, I kind of understand the concept of that market. It's interesting. And we're going to see how that plays out because I'm telling you right now, you're going to see a lot more of it uh, when you're searching through eBay and you're going to see more people talking about it on Instagram. What I would just encourage you to do as a collector is to just kind of watch that, um, Watch that carefully in the sense that you're going to start seeing crazy prices for low slabs, low-end slabs. You think so, So I'm right? just putting that out there as another interesting concept when it comes to slabs. And thinking outside of the box of just this concept of, I want to get a 10, um, this is how I use grading. Well, uh, there's a lot of different ways to use grading. I think uh, like nine and a halfs and nines are starting to get some low. Nine and a half BGS, by the way. Uh, and I, think that's, I think it's inevitable because of the starting fact to get some that- love. Things are so expensive, right? And let's not forget again, uh, just a reminder to some people that might be a little bit newer to the game, a BGS 9.5 is called a gem mint, the same way a PSA 10 is called a gem mint. The BGS 10 is a pristine. It's not the first time there's been a pristine. SGC used a a 100 pristine back in the day. Um, You just have to consult the company's grading scale to figure out that equivalency. But it does not mean a PSA 10 is theoretically better than a bgs 95 we yeah, know it's it worth it also doesn't mean it's perfect but it is also a form of a gimmick not necessarily uh, a, in a negative sense that you have a shot at something even more premium yes and you're sending out to certain companies because with psa it's such a finite one to ten boom that's how it is scale. and like right? theoretically it's like getting an a in 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 school you know back in the day where they just gave you a's instead of like a percentage grade you know it was like right. well it could be like if the range from a was like 90 to 100 like it could be right. a 90 a 91 or it could be a 99 100 and there's, yeah, like, there's like, a recognition of something exceptional decent amount in there you know what i mean there's some room there absolutely but um one All right, team. So as we were saying, we've got a very, very, very special guest coming in here. His name is Tyler, and he is part of the HGA Hybrid Grading Association, I want to say. Tyler, what is the... I'm sorry. First of all, Tyler, welcome to the Cardboard Coaches, man. I've been talking to you for a little bit. I've been seeing some of your other interviews, and I'm like, I, I need to get this guy on the podcast, man. So thanks for joining. Absolutely. And, um, Tyler, nice to meet you. I'm the cartel. 
And I'm Coach Co. spoken about grading, so I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. And may nice. I say, you've got an awesome name for the hobby. It's kind of like Usain Bolt becoming a runner. You're 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 hit. And I don't know if you've considered it yet. You may perhaps be Tyler the Hitman hit if 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 that works for you. I've been called that for a little while now. Hey, oh, there you go. Beautiful. I love it. So, why don't you give us a little bit of background about uh, where you're coming from and the hobby, um, how you got into the, the the hobby and collectibles? Let us know a little bit about that. Okay. Um, I was a collector when a kid, when I was a kid, you know, back in the junk era in the 90s, um, like lots of Jordans, a lot of my players I liked and stuff. But as I grew up, you know, kind of grew out of the hobby. Um, a little bit over a year ago, started getting back into it with some of my buddies. And when COVID hit, got real heavy into it. I had to close down some of my businesses for a few months at a time, you know, as COVID was spreading and the pandemic hit. Yeah. Got heavy into it, started collecting, breaking twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a week of boxes for myself. Um, just really got rolled back heavy into it. And from there it went into I did a little bit of breaking here and there on my page and then saw the issues with the grading companies and realized that's where I felt like I could come in and make a difference. So interesting. You so you, you were you were dealing with a huge volume of cards then, and I'm assuming you were also sending out for grading. So so I guess that's how you were getting that firsthand experience of what was going on uh, yeah. overall in the grading market. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was grading about I'd guess anywhere five hundred to a thousand cards a month since last January. Decent amount. Well, how yeah. long were those taking, man? At first, it wasn't too bad because um, I I mean I was on multiple levels with BGS and PSA. So it, was, it wasn't too bad at first, but by March and April, I just started noticing the slowdown and the price started increasing, um, so then slower, then more increases, and then slower, more increases, and it just never stopped. And yeah. by April or so, I was, I was just getting fed up with it, you know, honestly, just like, uh, this, this is crap. And then when we had to bust out 40 uh, slabs and we sent 40 back that were PSA 9s that I thought had a chance of 10, and 24 came back as 10. So Really? Change, yeah, over 50% changed their grades, and I'm like, oh boy. So, so you briefly mentioned that, like, this is a big thing for you, right? Like, the whole the, the discrepancy in grades between like, like 9, 10, like, where does this skill come from? And so, I, I'm gonna ask you, how do you determine for HGA slabs what the scale is for? I mean, you, you, you work on a partial scale as well, right? So, you have the 0.5 system, yeah, we do that. Yeah. Our scaling system works more along the lines of the BGS scale. Um, so what we did is in order to, we, we, instead of being more strict with our grading, what we've tried to do is be more consistent. So we took the averages of PSA 10s, BGS 10s. We took the averages of those two and, you know, that's where we set our parameters. So when our computer was spitting out, Hey, here's your error codes for their edges of 10s, the corners of 10s, um, the surface of their 10s, you know, we took all of that and we started building our parameters off of what the other companies were. And then we made slight adjustments in there to, what we felt was more appropriate. Yeah. Um, so we, it wasn't like we just said, Hey, let's be real strict. You know, let's make sure that, a, you know, a, a 10 is a true, I mean, perfect hundred percent, 50, 50, because that's not what the other companies are grading. No. If I came, if I came to the hobby and said, Hey, I'm going to grade your cards harder. Your uh, PSA 10 is now going to be an eight with us. You're, nobody's going to use us. No. So we had to use a abbreviated score system between the two. I mean, I so love that concept. Tell us what HGA is all about. Now, it, it, I believe it's its hybrid grading approach. So tell approach, us yeah. kind of what, what that refers to. Tell us a little bit about what the, what the aim is here, uh, unless that's too kind of general. But, um, and are you guys just focusing on the grading of cards? Is there, and I know that that comes along with uh, authentication kind of inherently, but are you guys going to be focusing on authentication in other respects as well, or is it just the cards? And, and again, what is that HGA approach? Okay, so HGA is hybrid grading approach. Really what we wanted to do is, the only way to get more consistent is by introducing computers into the grading system. Um, so that's what we've done. We, you know, we've spent almost a year now building out the AI system. Um, we're gonna do a much more in-depth launch on Tuesday on our website of exactly how it's working. We wanted, you know, before we started releasing too much, we had to go through our attorneys and make sure that everything that we were gonna be releasing is not too prepared too proprietary to where we're going to, you know, be skating any lines or where stuff's going to be stolen. We had to get with our developers, you know, it's a, it's a lot more when I was like, Oh, I guess we you should release some of the information. So that's what we're going to be doing on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, we needed to introduce computers to get them more consistent grading. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. That's fantastic. Right. And, and so, and you guys, I'm assuming you'll just be focusing on 
grading sports cards and obviously a variety of sports cards. The, the question I have that relates to that in this, this market that we're currently seeing, um, there are so many of these niche markets starting to really explode. Um, car, you know, non-sports cards, um, you know, Pokemon, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Uh, are you guys prepared for that? And what is some of the background with the graders and the people involved when it comes to authentication and grading? Okay. Um, we've actually hired people away from other companies, brought them in. Um, we're going to try to do a full meet our team and, you know, update a profile for each of our members who of our team who are willing to, you know, allow themselves to be named here. Yeah. Um, so that's something we're going to be going. But today we have authenticators on staff who have had previous experience, graders who have previous experience, um, research and ID, multiple people who have worked on research and ID. So there's a lot of experience that has came to the table. It's not like I just hired a couple of friends and family members <laughs> and, hey, let's just figure this out as we yeah. go. Let's do um, some great. Yeah, we, I've, I've dumped tons of time, tons of money into this, you know, to make sure it's right. It was not anybody, you know, I've seen a lot of posts where we're like, anybody can start a grading company. I'm like, yeah, anybody can. And you can see how fast it can fail too. Well, as yeah. soon as, you know, when you're going up against hobbyists and collectors and investors, it's easy to spot the issues if you have issues with your yeah. company. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with all that. I heard uh, through the grapevine that you're working on grading stickers now soon as well. Yeah, we're, go we're working on grading stickers. Um, we're also working on TCG, Pokemon, uh, Magic the Gathering, all you know, all those sets. We're we're only four, maybe up to six weeks away. Uh, right now, we're in the deep machine learning tech uh, stage with those cards. Not a whole lot of differences, but we want to make sure that they're you know, 100% before we say, hey, we're ready to take those. Well, as well. Under, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you guys do your research, and I mean, that's that's essential, right? I mean, like if you're gonna if you're gonna have a name in the community, like. You're talking about a community who does extensive research on everything. So, you mean, the fact that you guys are doing that is is very promising, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't walk into a hobby and try to compete and educate people if you don't know. And, yeah. I mean, it's a very, I mean, the questions we get are great questions, you know. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very well-versed hobby and the collectors and they know, they know their product. Yeah. So. Now, have you received some concerns when it comes to the AI technology and any time computers start to get involved? Because this is this is kind of one of those, you know, uh, dreamlike scenarios that has been discussed actually for quite some time because everyone assumed at some point computers were going to start getting involved. We've right. heard PSA talk a little bit about what their intentions are in that arena. So have you had some people voice concerns about what, you know, obviously a part of me says to myself, this is going to uh, help in terms of consistency, but we're going to be looking at kind of, you, you guys may be the innovators in something that's coming up and therein, there's all these, you know, potentials for, for pitfalls here. But there's going to be people who love the concept of a computer. And I'd imagine there's going to be some people who wonder about how the computer will be handling the cards. So like right off the top of my head, one of the things I wonder about is what about specific issues to specific sets? You know, uh, in the hockey world, which we discuss a lot here on the Cardboard Coaches, we, we talked about last year's upper deck set having very specific, you know, issues with condition sensitivity that some graders seem to have taken into consideration. So have you had people ask these questions about how computers are going to affect things and, and have a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of questioning that? Yeah, we have. Um, I mean, and you, a lot of you that, yourself are a collector, right? So I'm sure you may oh, have this back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah, there, there's a lot of sets. I mean, you've got the famous hair marks and some of the Kobe Bryant's rookies. I mean, you have a lot of sets and stuff that have, you know, the little indentions or whatever, you know, that it's come through. And uh, we, we've obviously, as we do the machine learning, we teach the machine, if, if it's something in the set that is just going to be on every card, we're able to override that. Um, so as we train and as, as stuff's brought to our attention, as our graders, our research and development team look at cards, if we notice we get 500 of the same card in and each one has a hair mark in it, we can go back to the computer, retrain it and say, hey, this hair mark, don't grade against that. Because that's just something that, I mean, obviously, then you would never be able to get a 10 in that. So, we, you know, we're able to go back in and reteach the machine any little examples that are you know scanned in. Because um, they, what they really do is they just pull up frequency issues inside because we turn the, the image actually to a frequency to grade it. So if we're able to, you know, just reach inside the frequency model right there and retrain it to say, hey, just ignore this little spot right here. Very cool. Very that cool. being said, um, I mean, because you guys port um, like tens and nines, et cetera, et cetera, from, 
BGS and PSA and you come up with an average of the two, like if, if that set has been grading tens despite certain flaws, theoretically the machine would already pick up on that though, no? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How would you say that uh, your the emergence of HGA has been received by the hobby so far? Um, I would say more positive than negative so far. I mean, there's a lot of questions surrounding it, a lot of questions around the AI, how it works, people questioning that. And we've been very careful about how we release that information, you know, because yeah. we are still volatile. We're a small company still. Yeah. We're growing really quick, yeah. um, but we're still volatile compared to, you know, three, $400 million BGS and $900 million PSA. Yeah. So they're large companies. So if we release too quick, I mean, the scales and the, um, the Gaber scales and there's different scales. We're going to, you know, explain how we use them. As soon as they find out about that, they're going to turn their IT teams into competing against us. So yeah. we don't want to give too much of a head start for them on their programs. I yeah. mean, just truly, they're going to, they're going to try to emulate us. Yeah. Um, they see the noise we're causing already and they're, they would be silly not to try to compete. Speaking yeah. of noise, I tried to, I tried to, uh, to sub last night, actually, because you guys reset. For those of you who are listening and aren't aware of the HGA protocol as of right now, I, uh, at, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday nights, it, they reset. Um, so a thousand submissions are allowed and they do this in, in uh, hopes of keeping the grading consi consistent, but to, to make sure that the, 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 time, the turnaround times are, are, are met. So I tried to submit at nine o'clock and by nine Oh four, they were completely sold out. So good on you guys for, uh, I mean, it's something's happening. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. really powerful. And it's, it's really fun to, to be a part of and watch. I actually saw, I, I managed to sub one last week for four cards and I'm excited to get that thing back at some point, but yeah. So I, I didn't want to clobber Tyler over the head with it right off the bat, yeah. but you know, obviously the number one concern when it comes to the grading companies is the turnaround time. So yeah. Why don't you let us know, uh, just kind of quickly summarize what you guys are, are kind of implementing to deal with that top concern that, that most people have when it comes to the yeah. grading companies. Yeah. So my, my big, one of my biggest issues with the grading company and most of them are, when am I getting my cards back? I mean, at this point, I've got cards sitting at both companies and they've been there for ridiculous amounts of time. So the only way that we could do that, I mean, then to control that factor of our business is by limiting submissions and guaranteeing our turnaround time. So that's what we've done so far. We started off our first week at 800, then we moved to 1,000, then we moved to 1,200. Last night, we were at 1,500. So we're moving up two to 300 cards a week as we feel that we can handle them and as I know we can run them through the system, you know, to keep up. You know, our goal is to be by midsummer to be five, six thousand a week by wintertime around ten thousand a week. So we want to continually grow, but we want to make sure as we grow, we're still hitting our turnaround times 100 yeah. percent. If for any reason we're starting to get stressed, there might be a week or two that goes by where we're not going to increase. We're going to continue to hire and train so we can pump out more cars, but we won't increase if we can handle them and hit our deadlines. That's amazing. Well, I like I, I think it's great that you guys have a bit of there's kind of an advantage in, in getting into the market, uh, you know, at at this point, after there have already been a few attempts at joining the market, I think we're just all hungry for the right company doing the right things, right? So, you know, there's been promises of turnaround time. So I'm, I'm happy to hear you guys are focusing on that. I'm happy to hear that you're a collector that's gone through that process. So you know how it feels and you know how important it is, obviously. Um, in terms of, I, I, I'd, I've, I've listened to some of, uh, some of your uh, other interviews and, and I've been following the story because it is important, in my opinion, uh, for the entire hobby to, to see if, uh, you know, this is going to pan out. And I certainly hope it does. Um, I'd read about the, uh, the software in terms of the scanning. I thought to myself that could be a potential limitation, but is the idea there just kind of uh, pumping in more, more, more resources, more money to make sure that you can keep that going? Because, I mean, it's it's important that you use that software, but I wonder if it's a, limit, a limiting factor. Uh, are you asking if it's limiting the amount of submissions that we can handle? Yeah, in terms of what you can process in a day. Yeah, um, it, it does. So where a lot of people, are, one of the concerns where people are saying that the AI is going to take away human jobs, it's actually a whole nother step. It brings in two more jobs per uh, line that we're running. So it does. It's, it's a time sensitive thing. I mean, by, we, have, we have to scan these in at 4,800 DPI to get the uh, image clear enough for the system or the software that we built to analyze it. So mm -hmm. it's to scan in one card. We're around four minutes just to scan one card. 
Then once we run the grade and analyzation software on it, it takes another four to six minutes per card. So we're adding, I mean, yeah, that's going to be, that's one of the things that we're scaling up for. Luckily it's a software and we host it on our own server. So it's private and proprietary to us and we get installed on all of our machines. Um, so really what the only thing hampering us from continuing to do more is just bringing in more and more computers yeah, and people more people, more machines. machines. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, we're, we're definitely scalable. So that's the good model is uh, the good thing about our model is we're definitely scalable. It's just, we need more bodies and seats and more people who love cars and who, you know, appreciate the industry. Nice. Does that mean you're going to be hiring soon? Oh, uh, we're, we're hired right now. We're offering relocation and everything. That's unreal. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Are, are you guys, uh, I, 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 I know we're kind of jumping the gun here a little bit. Um, so I do have some questions kind of in a, in, in a, uh, you know, in, in a possible potential future here. So uh, have you guys thought about how you may be handling uh, the Canadian end of things that we asked that because we are based in Canada in the past companies like Beckett have had kind of um, kind of like outreach centers in Canada there there's positives and negatives when it comes to that sort of thing with PSA. I know that it's actually stopped a lot of my Canadian friends yeah. uh, from utilizing them. They, they go to more local Canadian uh, card companies. I know that they don't have, you know, the big pull of some of the larger companies, but they still get usage, MNT, that sort of thing. Um, right. Is there any sort of plan to create a base uh, in Canada? And, and and on top of that, is there any sort of plan to appeal to certain, uh, certain collectors? Uh, for example, I think that Beckett did a great job in their early days, appealing to hockey collectors through the shows that they attended. I know in the pandemic era, that might not be an option. Um, and uh, appealing to certain certain markets that if if one company's not paying enough attention, there's a big opportunity. Yeah. So uh, maybe you can share your thoughts on some of those things as far as international, as far as certain markets. Yeah, hundred um, percent. When it comes to market, I feel like BGS and PSA have kind of missed a boat there, or you know they have enough they have enough volume that they're not worried about the other markets. And yeah. I am. Um, I have a lot of I've made a lot of friends over the past year and a half now, or year and a few months in hong kong and taiwan and china and australia um europe uh, all over europe so our goal is to by next summer have a base in all all the continents at least one main base in all the continents um, our software has been developed to where we can lock it down our, we're just going through right now and just scrubbing it and you know testing it and having hackers try to hack into it and steal the information from it to see what is possible um, to make sure that when we take it to Australia, we take it to Canada, we take it to Hong Kong, we take it to China, Indonesia, we take it to the European market. We want to make sure that our software is safe and that we get people in that are trained and keep up the same quality of work and grading that we want done. But 100%, there is no reason that we do not take it to every market. Yeah. So potentially like offices in these, in these countries. Yeah. They, they, it'll help with many things. So we'll actually have a full office up there or we'll have mold designs up there. So they'll do the whole process that we're doing here in the United States and all these other markets. So that way, you know, you're not having to like for customs right now, because we're dealing with a lot of Canadian customers. The customs right. is a big issue. Um, same thing with like Australia, Indonesia, you know, there's a lot of customs and stuff that have to come back and forth. The shipping get, becomes outrageous. If somebody wants two cards, they're not going to grade two or three cards anymore because they're not going to sit here and, you know, it's a huge hassle to try to send them across borders and stuff. Yeah, right. so our goal is to try to find, you know, Isle of Man is a, one of the greatest locations for us to be able to open another business in the European market. It's two day shipping for most, most places in Europe. And it's a, it's a easy place to open businesses for international uh, markets. So there's a lot of places we're already eyeing and looking at uh, setting up uh, buildings and over those areas. Tyler, it's fantastic, man. What is your favorite non-traditional card that you either own or want to own at this point? Give me like something other than a Jordan here. Not non-traditional? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. I don't know. It sounds probably weird. One of my favorite cards is uh Blastoise. Yeah, man. There you go. I got something, you know. I want you gotta you gotta catch me off guard. I'm like, all right, listen, I grew up uh collecting Pokemon. I grew up playing Pokemon. I still play Pokemon Go, you know, like it's one of those yep. things where, like I, uh, I kind of, you know, I, I always kind of want one in the back of my head, you know, for yeah. me, honestly, it's probably uh, like a first edition uh, legend of blue eyes, uh, blue eyes, white dragon. I'm not, I'm going to go ahead and admit that thing on this podcast, you know, just like one of those I hear you. non-traditional. Like I'm like just sitting in my shelf. 
I'm going to pretend I, like I know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, uh, now, Tyler, are you guys going to be grading uh, autographs? I'm wondering. Yes, like, we, we uh, grade autographs. So, and is that on? Is that on the label in a? It's certain on the back. Way? It's on the back side of the label. And, so, is that standard in, in terms of the? In terms of, I mean, as 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 comparable to Beckett having that autograph grade, uh, and you're going to get it no matter what, I guess, right? If it has an autograph on the card, is that the concept that there will always be the autograph grade as well? Yes, um, we're opening up as a next submission. We'll open up just um, verified and slabbed authentic cases as well so people you know if they don't want every anything graded they can just get a slab so it protects it and right. you know we'll, we'll, we'll verify the authenticity of it right on and you guys are working on the subgrade uh subgrade schematic and is it is yep. the scale to 10 in the sense that 10 is a pristine or or is there another term a, a regular 10 which will be three tens and one nine and a half that is pristine if all four it's flawless we released that label the other day when we hit our first one Yes, Ooh. I believe I saw that. And, and, and the labels uh, are obviously a big part of this. I think it's a smart play by you guys. Um, Thank you. Again, personally, I mean, I, I think uh, some people appreciate uh, something that's very simplistic, but I know right. enough people that the concept of customization, the concept of the, the type of flashiness that we're seeing on the most popular cards in the market. So is that, and, and, and the thought I had, is that also kind of another layer of security in that sense? Again, I'm looking down the line into the future in a world where HGA has succeeded and has permeated the market. Is that also something that kind of adds like a layer of security in the sense that these, lab these labels are so unique, right? Yeah. Are people choosing labels or are you guys just providing the color matching? Um, we, we offer three label choices during submission phase that um, we offer team match. So we'll match the team colors. You can match the card colors or you can get our neutral label. So we give options. Yeah. Very cool. I, That's personally very a big cool. fan of the uh, team colors. I feel like it'd just be sick as hell to have, you know, whatever player it is in the team colors. It just looks like a, like an, a big ass Jersey, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. With, with, the, with the advent of the colors and, and whenever, you know, you're at a break and, you, you, you hit a, a Celtic with a green background. Absolutely. And, and that's, know? that's, again, I think that's a really smart move by you guys that definitely appeals to a certain and, and a large sector uh, of the hobby. Now, again, into the future, Tyler, I'm throwing things out at you that I'm trying, trying to throw some stuff, some curveballs that you may not have seen coming before. Uh, like crossovers. Yeah. Let's say someone is out there. I, I don't want to denigrate any companies, but let's say they got a stack of SGC cards that for some reason they don't like, and they want to try you guys out. Mm -hmm. um, I'd imagine that the software might have trouble if, because again, you know, in the past, people are either sending out crossovers for a card that they've removed from the slab or that they've kept in the slab. Uh, in my younger days, I made the mistake of sending out all sorts of slab material to PSA. And I thought to myself, you know, graders are going to have trouble taking a look. I would imagine a computer would have even more trouble. So are you guys going to kind of have standards in terms of what you accept that way? Um, right now, um, everything we've received in slabbed um we've been asked to you know just completely regrade it no matter what and put it into ours um, so you're gonna our, remove it okay yeah yeah we can actually you know we'll, we'll crack it for them so that's not okay. an issue whatsoever right on okay fantastic very cool i love it I man think, I, Thank I you. think we covered uh covered a lot of my questions brendan how, how do you feel about it i'm i'm good i'm good Tyler. man is there anything you wanted to ask us interesting <laughs> all good man tyler you got any questions for the hobby no, or something you never know you know like no i i, I i'm good we're, i'm just here so i'm at work today i work six seven days a week actually dude i, I we're, i'm on the same page brendan is obviously gonna have some hga cards very uh, well at some point soon enough the, man. The turnaround soon standard enough. is yeah i think they're gonna arrive on tuesday not for me but uh, but uh, they had at their w warehouse so we'll see what happens i'm excited man i'm, I'm yeah, most excited absolutely. about uh, the consistency the, the the change in in scenery when it comes to like what it looks like visually from the, the right. grading slab like i'm, I'm pumped but uh, yeah man so i want to thank you for coming honestly i know you took some time you're a busy guy and i, I really, imagine really, really tyler's a very busy man right now yeah <laughs> very very understandably busy. so you're changing the hobby and i love it man so thank you very much you're welcome hit you're man welcome. I, I, I hope i hope you hit the hobby with the sharpshooter 
and uh, and win uh, uh, and win a championship belt, man. We uh, we are obviously rooting for anyone bringing uh, a great product to the hobby with the passion and drive that you clearly have as someone who is a collector. So we really appreciate it, man. I appreciate y'all taking time to interview me. Thanks a million, Tyler. All right, thank you all. Take care, brother. See you, man. See you. Man, tell me that didn't kind of fire you up, not only to get slabs, which I'm sorry to rub it in your face because I'm going to be getting a few before we get our actual subs back from BSA. But, um, I mean, it sounds promising, dude. It sounds really, really promising. I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm getting a little bit excited. I think that the time is now for at least one more company to enter the fray. Uh, like I mentioned to Tyler, I think they've got the, uh, the tremendous benefit of learning from recent entries into the market um, and improving on it. Uh, as we know, uh, HGA is one of a few companies that we'll be seeing. Uh, I have mentioned CSG in the past. I'd like to see what they've got to say. Perhaps one day we will chat with them as well. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, I love the fact that Tyler is coming from a collecting background. Um, you can tell he's got the energy and the enthusiasm uh, for for wanting to uh, to bring something that's positive because that's essentially what's happening here is we're saying okay a lot of people are frustrated it's such a big important part of the hobby and someone that can deliver the standard the consistency and uh, you know the turnaround times that's that's a big deal and that is exciting well because I mean I, and I get frustrated I got frustrated yesterday because I wanted to to drop a sub but like. In the grand scheme of it all, like by him preventing me from subbing my cards, he's guaranteeing that like everyone who subs their cards is going to get like that when they're, they're due, they're due, man. You know what I mean? Like we're looking at it. Uh, there you go. And uh, just having the uh, the knowledge that it'll work the same for you when you do get your sub in, you're in a position where that company genuinely cares that you are getting it back in the right amount of time. And they've done what they need to do on their end to ensure that. Yeah. What I also find is kind of, um, it's, it's different, but uh, I think necessary is at least like when it comes to for myself, for instance, like, let's say, I mean, we're both trainers. When, when someone pays me something upfront, I feel much, much, much more likely to fully commit to this. You know what I mean? And like, I want to get it done. Like I want to get it done and like, it benefits you. It benefits me versus like, just kind of like committing to an idea of a payment plan or something yep. along the, that nature. And then like, it, it, you know, we both fall out of touch here and there and right. I'm like, okay, well it comes eventually. Right. Like, and so you, you actually have to prepay, you have to pay for whatever you sub as you're subbing it. And I also think that what that's going to do is remove a lot of people from just subbing for the sake of subbing. Right which is one of the problems that like some of these other companies I think are experiencing right now where people are just like, I'm just going to sub all this shit and I'll deal with it when it comes yeah. back. Yeah. I, I, you know, that, that whole concept. So that, that's, that's interesting considering especially Beckett the other day walked back on uh, you know, they, they're now offering their, their customers the same thing that PSA does, which is to pay when it's ready. So it's interesting. They took that step back. I agree with what you're saying in terms of the upfront payment, it puts certain, you know, onuses and, and expectations on the parties involved. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in terms of people, in terms of what people are sending out, I, I have seen this criticism. You'll you'll see someone post a slab that they got back, and you'll have someone criticize them in the in the in the messages, saying, "Oh, well, this is why PSA has slowed down." I'm not a big fan of, of, of criticizing that sort of thing because we should be allowed to send in whatever we want. And as I mentioned just before Tyler hopped on, <laughs> we're gonna now we're gonna be seeing people purposefully trying to achieve small grades. I know that scares a lot of people. It probably has a lot of people shaking their fists. Like this is the last thing we need, but yeah. you know, like I mentioned in some of my Instagram stories, the last couple of weeks for me, the bigger issue is the people sending stuff in willy nilly without a concept of what they're doing. Okay. So if you are, if you truly are, you know, hoping That's for that, kind of what I meant by that. You yeah. And I, I, like, I, I kind of heard that. I just wanted yeah. to clarify just in yeah, general. Yeah. Because like I mean, if you like want you, us, and I, you and I are on the same page. We're like, we sub like people are like, oh, 90s junk wax. But look at 90s junk wax now. Well, you know what I mean? Let's put it this way. You, you and I can justify each card we've sent out, yeah. right? One way or the other, whether you like our justification or not, we can justify it. Um, if someone's looking to get a PSA 389 Upper Deck Griffey, go for it. But what I'm talking about is people who don't have any sort of anything in mind other than 
This is what came out of the packs that I feel has value. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to send it out or I'm going to send it out to the, uh, this, the, the submission group that's going to do it. That definitely doesn't help anyone, yeah. in my opinion. I think that if people stopped and you know looked at their stack of Bobichettes and instead of just sending out every single one that they pulled, they sent out half because they were being critical and you know being, being uh, realistic about achieving a high grade. That could probably help the process a little bit, but I do like this concept of you got to get your slots while they're available um, and staggering it that way. I think that's actually a really good idea. It was, uh, it's, and it, it also it kind of like makes Friday nights a thing. It's, uh, it was, yeah. it's really weird. Like back to back Friday nights, it's like, oh, nine o'clock. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta try to get my sub in. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. kind of, it kind of makes it. Uh, like everyone around you is trying to do the same thing. It was really, really, really cool. I mean, I, I, I didn't win. I didn't win the sweepstakes last week, but um, it was cool. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. They are, you know, they're taking on a Titan. Uh, they're taking on, say what you will about. And when I say a Titan, that is obviously, obviously PSA. Say what you will about Beckett. They have their fans. I mean, it, in the past month, I've heard more people tell me actually in years, I've, I've had more people tell me just how much they value the Beckett slab, how much they like it, how much they like to keep their collection uniform that way. Like you mentioned, the prices are going up even in the face of all that Beckett does still have its supporters. So it is an uphill battle for any company yeah. entering this market. But like I said, there's a huge opportunity. If you yeah. do think I, like right, um, I, I feel like, they're, they're doing the right things. Look, they're, they're making themselves accessible. They, they were on our podcast. I know that Tyler's running a crazy hectic schedule, uh, getting word out and being accessible. And that's what these companies should be doing. Um, this is the age of social media, the age of that feeling like you're in a community. Uh, I think people will appreciate that concept. Uh, there's a lot of companies doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Tops and, and uh, you know, just creating a huge wall. Uh, between themselves and the people that are sending them their garbage bag full bags full of money. I was just about to say what what they're doing is they're separating them through a, through a cash wall. You know, yeah, they're just you like you don't want to be the man on the mountain. Uh, you want to be in the community. You want to be getting feedback, responding to it, uh, responding as a company in ways that make sense. Like it's taking a longer time and costing more. What it, this does not make sense. So yeah, that, that's, that, those are the big opportunities there. We're going to start seeing more collectors rise from our ranks, our groups uh, in the community and, uh, and take on some of these, uh, take on some of these, uh, take on some of the work to improve things. But dude, how cool would it be to be a grader? You know, look, everyone's had that thought <laughs> about being a grader. Um, I think that, uh, listen, I've, I've, I've thought about it. I mean, you'd have to head out to, uh, you know, where PSA is. You're not going to be. Dude, he's, he's opening up in Canada grader. one day, bro. Come on, man. I think you might lose your mind at certain point being a grader, but he's yeah, not... man, sure. Listen, maybe what, maybe the cardboard coaches will be hosted by a trainer and a grader at, at some point. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. Sure. But, uh, I don't know, man. You might. I hear these graders. They go down these paths, man. Next thing you know, you're partying. It's kind of like you know, a goalie, pop, pop you know. Scene. It's kind of like a goalie where you you only fixate on like the one percent of the shots that you don't get right, you know, like right. Or, or you're like like your mind. I like is... that concept of a grader taking things personally, man. Like yeah, man. They see a photo of something that they sent in, and they're just like, oh man, I I really you're like, messed fuck, that one man. Up. How did I how did I miss that edge? You know, like. There I find go. the edges are the ones that sneak up on me. Do like, you know of any? I, I should know this, not you, but like I remember back in the day, there was like a famous. There was like uh, he was he was called Darth Grader. Really? I don't know. I don't. I can't. I think it was PSA. I can't remember the specifics, but oh, it would man, be really funny if really? we started seeing superstar graders. You know, that's with the crazy. blue check. MVP that's grader. <laughs> they should have grading awards, and honestly, the ones who are like meh should kind of get thrown under the bus yeah man or like if your if your card got graded by that grader it gets like on the label like, like a this stamp was or something you know like by wavy grady or something like you know or tracy, tracy o'grady tracy o'grady tracy there it is, Grady. Man. you know like 
I don't know Absolutely. why I said O'Grady, but like it's like Tracy McGrady, but like grade grading, you know, I'd be all right. So yeah, I think the cardboard coaches are going to try to uh, be even keel here, be in a, a kind of an open forum. I'm, I'm going to hope that we uh, we perhaps get in touch with a representative of CSG um, so we can kind of represent it all, let people make up their own minds, let the community, uh, you know, make some big decisions and let the community try things out and see how things go and get that feedback going so that we all know what's up and, uh, and we can all make really good decisions that way. Right. So making good decisions, dude. Yes. My question to all of our followers is have you been making really good decisions? And I'm not asking you this to make you feel guilty. I'm actually asking you this, because it's the second week of February and it's time to take stock on whatever the hell your new year's resolution was, whatever the hell your intention was three months before that in terms of fitness and lifestyle. And like, let's have a real conversation here. Where are we? And if you're doing well, that's amazing. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that. And please, please, please. If you're doing something that makes you feel better, keep doing it forever, please. I mean, unless it's like artificially making you feel good. Um, I was happy to see Tyler drinking water. Yeah, I'm assuming man. it was water unless yeah. it was, you know, gin and he's having a, a tough time keeping up the schedule. But I'm assuming it was water. He's staying hydrated. Uh, again, that's something I'm always reminding everyone in our hobby. When you are getting into the zone, you know the zone. You crack a box. I saw an Instagram story today where these dudes were like giggling their way through purchase after purchase on upper deck e-pack i saw that bro i saw that man but by the way like like you're talking like Um, 80 80 boxes dude the guys they're popping up and again get into that zone it's very easy to click buttons harder to pick up the glass full of water but you should be doing it you should be prepared when you get into that zone you're in weird positions like i am you are getting dehydrated. You're skipping meals. Don't do it, folks. Don't do it. I can't uh, believe right we pinned the same people on Insta, bro. Absolutely. Well, there you go, man. I That's like, what is happening right now, bro? You are being watched. Um, and, uh, you know, like, 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 like all of our episodes, we're just encouraging people, even if the smallest thing, the smallest thing, it'd be a big achievement once you've done it consistently. And then building on it is so much easier once you've started. If you didn't start on January 1st, don't beat yourself up about it. Stop setting artificial times. I know people do this. The beginning of every week, Monday, Monday, Monday. It's Saturday. Hey, if you have the inclination, get up right now. Do those squats and push-ups we're always talking about. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't set these artificial times. Go for a damn walk. Honestly, if you were just going to walk every day, five, uh, 5,000 steps, you know, everyone's, everyone's phone is a pedometer now. You know what I mean? Like 5,000 steps, set a damn goal of walking every day for 5,000 steps. I promise you, you will feel better. You will look better. Your life will suddenly start to become even marginally more positive. I agree with you for the most part. I'm going to counterpoint a little bit. Go for it. I've never been a big proponent of, of walking as quote unquote cardio. I agree with it in the sense cardio. I'm just, well, I agree that. with it in the sense that we're sitting around doing nothing. Yes. It's better it's than like nothing. Moving. It's, it's like a, it's a stepping stone. It'll, it'll, it's something that's going to allow you to feel better. And then you're going to seek out other things that make you feel for sure. Better. But I do want to remind people, get out of your comfort zone. Yes. Okay. If you can walk, that also means you could probably get into your, if you're living in one of these cramped uh, Toronto apartments, get in the stairwell, walk the stairs. You're not mm. about that walking life. And right? uh, yeah, just get, get moving. I like, like walking. Like Coach Cosa like, for sure. It gets my brain like out of all of this crap, you know, like we're four walls and these responsibilities and these crazy times and constantly thinking about money and career and this and that. And, I mean, Absolutely. even slab sometimes, but it gets me out and just in a, in a different headspace. And I think that I, I need, I need that. So if I find need that, I'm sure other, someone out there does too. And it's really about balancing the way that you feel when you are allowing yourself to simply do anything that makes you feel good in terms of the, the Uber eats, the getting the, the, the fast food. And that does provide a quick and easy kind of sense of satisfaction but you should also try that sense of satisfaction you have when you have been working out consistently and you eat well you kind of wake up one day and you say like this is a much more prolonged 
and profound sense of satisfaction, you got to get to that point. It's not easy, right? Obviously, there are easier things in life. Uh, we're being put into a position. Brendan and I are in one of the tightest lockdowns, I think, on earth, potentially, right now. Dude, three, not three months. Able three months. To go to a gym. Three months. It's been three months. Yeah, and, and, and there's no signs of it letting up, in my opinion. And so if they're not going to allow you to go to a gym, get to moving one way or the other. If they're forcing you into a situation, I don't want to start getting, getting into conspiracy theories, but they do force you in a situation where it's much easier to put everything in someone else's hands, cook your own food, try this for a few weeks. Just like we said before with the water and the squats and the push-ups, you really get a sense for how profound it can be, particularly if you have been, uh, you know, encroached in a small space and, and, and having to deal with some less than fantastic lifestyle choices. Yeah. Right. So never too late to start collecting. It's never too late to start a new career and it's certainly never too late to start focusing on you. There you go. I will hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you guys enjoyed learning a little bit and shooting the shit as always have a great Great week, team. Coach Co, out. Peace, y'all.